Hi everyone. Uh, I want to introduce uh, you to Learn Easy Cast Episode One. Uh, so this is our first episode of this uh, Learn Easy podcast, and I want to tell you why you know we decided to create this uh, podcast. Basically, <clears throat> it's. Uh, but I, I want to start first with speaking about learneasy.com because uh, that, that's what inspired us to come into the podcasting world. Um, learneasy.com <clears throat> was inspired by uh, myself and my business partner, Jeff Burroughs. Uh, we're two expats living in Freiburg, Germany, who found that the great learning experience we provide to our English students offline in Freiburg uh, couldn't be replicated when working online for various schools and job boards. And uh, we figured uh, we wanted to provide a safe space for teachers to do what they do best and not worry about all the stress of uh, competing for students and the administrative bureaucracy of working for online schools that only focus on their profits, you know, and generally are not concerned about creating a great learning environment for their students and teachers. We felt compelled to create our own alternative school that would stand as an example of another way to learn online, both for the students and for the teachers. Uh, so I know that sounds all well and good, but you might still wonder about uh, <clears throat> the concrete difference between our site and all other online schools and programs out there. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'll give you a little bit more information about what specifically makes LearnEasy.com uh, the better option for learning online. Um, so we want to provide students and teachers a great online community where the focus on learning through fun and creative lessons uh, will be the major focus, right? Um, so. We believe this philosophy can help students learn almost anything. So that's our big catchphrase. You can learn almost anything if it's fun and creative. Uh, right now, we have a community of tutors, mostly from the Freiburg area where I live right now and Jeff lives, uh, ready to help students looking to improve their English. Also, uh, they, they can help you learn German. Uh, and some of them are also excellent teachers of Italian as well. Uh, we even have a tutor ready to prepare students for college exams in international business and economics. So we also have this ambition of also providing high level academic courses in the future. But we're not um, just about high, le high level economic courses, but we're also looking to add more great teachers um, of different types of subjects and, and uh, activities like yoga, possibly dancing, salsa dancing. And, and we believe that learneasy.com will be that space uh, where you'll find the best team of teachers. Um, and, and that team hopefully will help you with almost any subject you want to learn. Okay. So uh, what about this podcast? So why do we want to create this podcast? Well, uh, 
to be honest, uh, this Learn Easy cast uh, will be our opportunity, for, you know, the community's opportunity um, to give the learners out there, uh, you know, a way of discovering alternative ways to improve their quality of life through the experiences of the people who will come on the, the podcast, our guests. Yeah. We also want them to take advantage of the community that we're trying to build and gather advice from its members about all types of subjects, from advice on living as an expat to how to live a sustainable lifestyle. Uh, we hope this can be a resource for self-improvement and uh, personal sustainment and joy, okay? Okay, so at this point, now that I've given you a description of this uh, vision and, and mission of this Learn Easy website, learneasy.com and the podcast, um, I want to go to our first guest. So you can see our first guest coming online. Uh, and hopefully uh, a regular co-host of the podcast. Um, so I'd like to introduce all of you um, to Rico Lazo. Um, uh, Rico. Uh, hey, Patrick, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Um, I really appreciate you being the inaugural guest and uh, um, hopefully uh, a future co-host of different episodes of this podcast. And uh, as we are both um, experienced teachers, you know, I wanted to have a real, you know, um, quick but uh, interesting discussion with you about your your background um, and how you uh, you know started in the world of online teaching and and somehow graduated into um, the world of uh, the gig economy and 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 your future plans. So first, um, I you as you know you know you were my inspiration to get online to teach and um, and I, I want to have you tell the audience a little bit about how um, you got into it. Yeah. Absolutely, Patrick. Again, thanks for having me on. Looking forward to being a uh, contributing uh, participant and, and co-host with you. Okay. Um, but to answer your question about teaching online, mm -hmm. it all goes back to 2010. I moved to Colombia because my uh, now wife, then fiance, yeah. uh, lived in Colombia. And when I first got to Colombia, I was looking for work. Mm -hmm. And because I had taught English um, in Mexico, in Brazil before, um, I knew it was something that I could use being a native English speaker. And I got a job at a local school. Um, and it was a great experience. I got to meet a lot of teachers, meet a lot of students. But the hour, the schedule was really tough. I was working from 6 a.m. until 10 a.m., Monday through Thursday. And I'd go back in the evenings from 4 p.m. until 8 p.m. So it was a very weird split schedule and it was very difficult. Mm -hmm. And I had the good fortune of my brother, my twin brother, Antonio, mm -hmm. who has a friend, Shannon, who told me about teaching English online. Oh, cool. And the advantage of teaching online was really twofold. Mm -hmm. One, you set your own schedule. So there was no longer the need to be waking up at 6 a.m. necessarily. And it was better pay. You know, I was making almost double the amount of money I think initially teaching English online. And wow. so, you know, in, um, 
And as I was preparing to get married, I needed something that was more flexible because I really wanted more time to be able to set my own schedule, do the proper planning. It was a destination wedding for my friends and family. Yes. And so I really needed the time to dedicate to getting everything in order to yes. be able to, uh, to get married. And so that's where that's, that's really led me into teaching online. Cool. And because, you know, you and I have been friends for a long time. And yes. I know that you were actually the person who got me into teaching English um, as well in New York <laughs> that uh, I wanted to return the favor. And, yeah, and I remember that. You, show you the ropes of how to go about teaching English online. Yeah, that's a, a great point, Rico. Yeah, uh, we both been, have been friends for a very long time. Uh, and uh, and uh, in a sense, uh, we've faced a lot of tough challenges uh, over the years. And uh, that advice when the economy was really tough um, to get online and start teaching, you know, was a, a little bit of a lifeline when it was quite tough uh, after um, the financial crisis. So I really appreciate that. Um, were there any negatives uh, to being online as a tutor that you can recall that uh, uh, you faced uh, after, you know, getting into it? Uh, the, the positives were clear. Living in Colombia, you had a flexible schedule. You were making a lot more money. Um, uh, but maybe uh, let's not say it was all, uh, you know, a bed of roses, uh, so to speak. Uh, any any yeah. challenges there? Absolutely. I think with anything, right, there's always the good and the bad. And mm -hmm. so... I spoke about the good, but some of the negatives, I, I think the biggest negative mm -hmm. is probably working remotely and working from home mm -hmm. and not having the um, camaraderie of having coworkers or having other people that you're, you're working with in a team. Yeah. Um, it's very much, you know, self-directed. You, you've got to, you know, find students and that can be a challenge as well. That's kind of a negative versus just showing up to class. The students are there, mm -hmm. um, not having necessarily a wealth of resources available to you. Mm -hmm. You've got to basically develop your own curriculum, which in many ways is a positive, but also can be a challenge and a negative. And so, you know, I, I think the biggest though for me personally mm -hmm. was just working from home and not having a lot of human interaction um, oh, yeah. for long stretches of time. Understood. A little bit like what we're going to, through right now with COVID-19, right? <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Uh, so you have to learn how to space out some time for interaction between lessons and so on so that you can stay in the real world in a sense mm -hmm. uh, so that's also something for the uh, teachers who are looking into being an online tutor if you want to do it full-time definitely create a schedule would that be a, a tip that you would throw out there or or yeah absolutely i mean i think you know for me um mm -hmm. i got kind of interested in listening to podcasts and vlogs before the podcast boom happened because yep. you'd have an hour in between you know, students, you wouldn't have necessarily every day students back to back to back. And in fact, I would schedule breaks because it can be very difficult if you need to run to the restroom or grab a bite to eat mm -hmm. if you have back to back to back classes. Yeah. But what I would say the lesson that I learned is mm -hmm. schedule um, interaction with your friends and family mm -hmm. in those breaks so you don't feel so isolated because although it is nice to be able to have an hour to, to eat or to listen to a podcast or even work out, it's still very important that you're regularly scheduling time mm -hmm. to interact with people so that you don't feel so isolated. And I think for me, that's something that I didn't do as well as I should have, I think, in, in retrospect, mm -hmm. um, I, I should have done more of. And that's what just would be a tip for anybody who's considering teaching English online mm -hmm. versus an in-person situation is really look for ways that you can have more interaction, not just with your students, mm -hmm. but with friends or family or 
you know, business partners, whatever the case may be. Exactly. You know, great. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, that's great advice. Um, but I want to get into a little bit uh, of the, the story of how you ended up going from teaching online Columbia to moving back to Colorado and becoming an administrator of a charter school. Um, um, how is it like in, in, in that role? You know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, I, I did mention that, um, I moved to Columbia to get married yep. and, you know, I was really looking forward to staying in Columbia for the foreseeable future. Um, but, you know, I had an old college buddy yep, yep. who had started a charter school and they were looking for an administrator to help them lead the school. Oh, cool. And initially I had kind of rebuffed their efforts to recruit me because I was completely dedicated to being in Columbia, mm -hmm. but the money was really good. And, you know, my wife was open to moving to the United States and so I decided to take the plunge because it was a real, it was a really big challenge that I had never taken on before helping run a charter school. Mm -hmm. uh, and for those of you who don't know what a charter school is, a charter school is a public school in the United States that is sort of run as a private entity. So you get public dollars, public funding, but you get to run the school sort of um, in your own way, uh, if you will. So it's very different probably from a lot of schools in Europe, but ultimately it was opportunity to really have your own sort of idea put into play and, and, and really be able to do what you want to do in education. And so I jumped at the chance. The money was really good. It was more money than I ever made. And uh, eventually my wife joined me. But that was really what led me from leaving Columbia to go to the United States was this opportunity to help open and run a charter school. And how did you find that experience? Um, yeah, was it everything you expected or was it uh, a little bit of a disappointing experience um, being an administrator? Well, overall, it was a very positive experience. I mean, it was a, a, the biggest professional challenge that I ever had to face and mm -hmm. rise to. Mm -hmm. um, and I think our school was successful and it continues to be a success. It's still, it's still running. It's cool. still running. Um, yeah. And I think I, I really grew as a professional because, you know, I had to manage a team of teachers i had to manage a, a team of office staff and prepare students to be successful in school and that mm -hmm. even, of course involved meeting with the school district officials from the school district parents working with teachers and their challenges and uh, the focus of the school besides academics mm -hmm. was tennis, <clears throat> tennis and chess well and interesting just, you know, finding teachers that could you know teach those subjects as well was a challenge and so it was a really overall great experience. And I did that job for three and a half years. And so I was wow. really proud of my time. Okay. Um, you know. All right. We had a little bit of a technical difficulty, but we're back online. Um, we were just talking with Rico about his experience as an administrator uh, of a charter school. And uh, at this point, uh, I'm quite interested, Rico, in how you transitioned from being an administrator in a charter school to working in the gig economy. Can you, can you give us a little bit of an idea of, first of all, what inspired you um, to get into the gig economy um, um, and, sure. and then go from, on from there? Yeah. Sure. So, you know, it, it's, it's kind of funny because I studied business as an undergraduate and I never really looked at myself as much of an entrepreneur. But yet, somehow, I always found myself um, doing certain jobs, whether it was tutoring students in English, tutoring students in Spanish. I was always looking for a way to make some money 
on the side, right? And um, as I was working as an administrator, it became very apparent that no matter how hard I worked, I wasn't going to earn any more money. And I was actually earning a decent salary, but it, I felt very much beholden to, um, there was just very little work-life uh, balance. And so I started to look at other opportunities of how I could make money. And one of the ways was just literally selling things on eBay. Um, I, I got into watching videos on YouTube of other people selling a wide range, a hodgepodge, if you will, of different um, objects online. And I started off just selling uh, a multitude of things, vintage electronics, um, uh, what do you call them? Um, puzzles, jigsaw puzzles. Who, who uh, got you into this eBay um, sales idea? Was this, was this just a fluke or, or was it uh, something that, that, something it was that happened? People, you, it was just people um, yeah. that I watched online. I mean, in fact, um, one of the uh, people I used to watch was this guy, uh, the Bonafide Hustler. And he's a, guy, <laughs> he's a guy in Austin, Texas, who really inspired me to, you know, go to garage sales, go to thrift stores and find products for cheap. It's the old business adage, you know, buy low, sell high. And you would be amazed in the United States at how much merchandise you can find that is very low in price that you can then sell for a profit. And so I did that for a while. And then eventually I got into selling clothing by watching somebody else. And what I liked about selling clothing was that it wasn't breakable. It was much more lightweight to ship and easier to store. You know, you can put things in your closet, you know. And so selling clothing really became my, my favorite thing to sell. And, you know, with clothing, clothing is as large as any retail um, product is in, re in regards to the, you know, the size and scope. I mean, you've got women's fashion, men's fashion, children's fashion. So I was mostly into men's fashion. Okay, but cool. So did you buy items based on your own tastes for yourself or, uh, or did you have a specific uh, model in mind, in your mind of the, 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 the customer, the target market, so to speak? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. You know, um, to be honest, um, I was still working for the charter school and I took a trip to uh, San Francisco for a conference and I'm an early bird and my, my, my colleagues were not, to say the least. And so I was up early yeah. before the conference started. And I, I went to a couple of thrift stores and I told myself, you know what, let me just venture into the clothing section. Despite having been selling online for over a year, I never actually ventured into the clothing section. <laughs> I, I eventually went to the clothing section and I found a North Face, a North Face down vest oh, cool. for like $8. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't know how much it was worth new or what I could get for it used. Yeah. But just the fact that I found it for $8, I was like, wow. I was like, okay, you really, you know, had me right there. So when I came back to Colorado, I sold it on eBay for like 40 or $50. And wow. so I was blown away at the profit margin. Yes. And it was just clear that there was more profit potential for me based on what I was looking at, what I was interested in selling. Yeah. And so I started to go to the clothing section. And so I started to look for brands that were well-known, things like North Face, Nike, uh, Levi's, really whatever I could sort of get my hands on. But I still remember very clearly, uh, I'm a big sports fan, and um, I found this vintage Fila uh, tennis warm-up jacket that, that was uh, popularized in the 70s by Bjorn Borg, the Swedish uh, 
tennis player. Beyond bog, my God. And, and <laughs> I found this, I found this Fila tracksuit jacket. It's a wool blend for $5. And so once I saw that, I saw the potential for not only being able to outfit myself in garments that I would want to wear, but really, to, you know, I've learned that by being more niche, you know, the more niche you are, the more specific you are in whatever you do in a business application mm -hmm. and in professional life as a whole, and in many ways in your own life, mm -hmm. you can be a, a, become like a subject matter expert. Not that I'm a, an expert per se on all of vintage clothing, but there are a few items that I really look to sell. And so I love selling vintage sportswear, especially, you know, things like jerseys or track suits things of that nature. And so that's what really moved me into selling clothing and then wanting to really eventually expand more and, and really maybe at some point create my own website. But I, it's just been a, yeah. a passion project. That's the question. Where, where, where can uh, the folks find you if they want to check out the, the wares, you know? Sure. The easiest way to find me is on Instagram. Okay. Um, everybody has Instagram these days, uh, okay. especially for small businesses. So if you go to Instagram.com mm -hmm. slash Rico's Retro, R-I-C-O-S-R-E-T-R-O, yeah, yeah. -E you can find the link to my eBay store and get a sense of the, the types of products that I sell. Uh, and that would be the easiest way to get a hold of me. Yeah, and, and yes, and I, uh, we are a follower of Rico's Retro, so we get to see some of his wares uh, on Instagram as well. Um, so definitely follow, um, follow Learn Easy, follow Rico's Retro, and we'll all keep in touch through the Instagram community. Um, but of course, that's not the only gig you're into. Uh, what, what other gigs are you working on at the moment, Rico? Well, the other thing is, again, you know, I've always had a desire to find ways to make money on the side. Um, because, you know, when you're only working for a company, unless you're working in sales, which I've never actually worked in sales, you know, by working harder, you're not earning more money. So I was wanting to find ways that if I worked harder, I could make more money. And so my wife, you know, she eventually joined me in the United States and we were able to buy a house and um, she was insistent on buying a house that would be a, that would be big enough for us to house visitors, you know, family, friends, etc. Uh, sounds and like your wife is a businesswoman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, it's, it's, it's kind of funny because, you know, she comes from a community in Colombia that's known for you know, being very entrepreneurial and it was the best decision we ever made. We didn't buy the house thinking about the opportunity to make money by going into Airbnb. But once we started to look at, well, how can we make some more money? We started to look at different ideas and Airbnb really started to become very popular. And so we've been renting our house on Airbnb now for about the last three and a half years. And to be honest, that's been some of the easiest money I've ever made because apart from doing laundry, making the bed, cleaning the bathroom, you know, the money just comes in, Airbnb takes their cut, but it's been very, very nice to have that extra income each month. I mean, we've been, unfortunately, uh, you know, hurt by COVID-19. Yeah, that's, that's, that's taking us to uh, the next topic really is uh, this uh, gig economy only kind of functions if, if uh, the interaction between you and your customers can still work, especially for Airbnb and the, nobody's traveling for vacation or anything like that. What are you guys doing? What are you and your wife doing to, to make it through this tough period? Yeah. Well, luckily with my vintage clothing business, um, I had a back stock of a lot of product that wasn't even listed and available for sale. So I've worked diligently on getting almost everything that I have 
in my garage, my warehouse, if you will, yeah. um, listed and available for sale. And so that's been um, super helpful to help make ends meet. Um, I've been lucky enough to be working online. Um, my wife is currently furloughed um, from her job as a dental hygienist. So it, I think COVID-19 has really made it very clear that only certain professions are really very safe from having a pandemic hit where people can't go to work. And I think it may even affect how people work going forward. Working remotely might become, you know, sort of the way people start to um, employ people, um, and especially until there's a vaccine and who knows what's going to happen. But um, but it's been tough, you know. I'm, I'm not going to say it's not tough, but ultimately um, having some extra side income has been very, very helpful. Uh, yes, uh, as you can see, I'm recording from uh, home and <laughs> I cannot control uh, um, the family situation here, but uh, um, I get your point. Yeah, COVID-19 has changed how life works for all of us. And, uh, and of course, uh, with the gig economy, we have to also take into account that um, um, we will get back to normal. There will be a normal again. We just have to hold on until that point comes, right? Uh, and then I can see that that's the lesson that you've learned. And now you're saying to have that resiliency built into your lifestyle and into your, um, you know, different um, sources of income is the next step for you, right? Um, but uh, uh, any um, concrete future plans after the crisis uh, at the moment, or is it still open for you to just get back to Rico's Rico's retros, Rico's retros, and then um, also um, also uh, Airbnb, or is there something else in the pipeline outside of those two? Um, well, I mean, at, at this point, I, you know, it's, I think a lot of plans and a lot of goals have been sort of shelved and put on hold just because we don't know how soon we're going to be able to travel. And, you know, in the vintage clothing business and resale um, industry as a whole, if, if you can't find products to sell, you're really very limited. Um, okay. And that's kind of why I was really eager to jump into helping you with your Learn Easy pro uh, project with the podcast, because, cool. you know, I, I love doing a lot of different things. And I think that's kind of something that would define my professional career is that I like doing a lot of different projects simultaneously. Yes. I sort of grow bored very easily if I'm always doing the same thing over and over again. Um, with Airbnb, it was easy because all I had to do was just accept or not accept guests. With Rico's mm -hmm. Retro, it's a little bit more labor intensive. You know, you mm -hmm. have to photograph the objects, you have to then, you know, store the objects, which requires a whole inventory management system, and then you've got to ship the products. Good. So I'm looking for other avenues. And so, you know, I've, I've loved teaching English in the past. Yeah. And it might be something I go into again, uh, yep. but with more of a focus, I think, in terms of really making uh, lesson, um, excuse me, uh, language learning more, more engaging. I, I think especially for me, my, my focus has always been on working with the intermediate to advanced students sure. and how can I get them to become as fluent as possible. And so I'm very eager to kind of see where this project goes. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. It, to be quite honest, uh, we'd love to have you as a teacher on Learn Easy, but of course the podcast is your first re-entry into the world of teaching. And uh, we'll use this as a tool to, to help others. Uh, and that comes to the closing of our first episode, you know. Um, we're looking uh, forward uh, to bring you uh, more guests uh, on this podcast uh, or 
video cast. So that's why we just call it a cast at the moment. <laughs> um, and uh, you'll be able to find um, us to communicate with us over YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Of course, Instagram probably is the best way. Uh, leave your comments there. Uh, and uh, I'd like to say, hey, you know, just keep learning easy. And um, we'll see you hopefully in a, a couple weeks. You're right. Okay. All right, Patrick. Well, okay. thanks for having me on. I look yeah. forward to working with you again. And, yeah. and for all the listeners, uh, if you have any questions, feel free to, you know, email us, message us. Yes. I'm happy to answer those. Great. Thank you, Rico. All right. All right. See you, Patrick. Okay. Ciao.